Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, welcome to Transforming Life. So glad that you all um, are here today. Uh, If you've been with us over the past couple weeks, we've been in a series called Stand. Uh, We've been going through the book of Daniel um, and uh, just talked about different uh, ways that Daniel stood in uh, some really interesting moments uh, of his life and some things that he encountered. We, we've looked at how uh, Babylon came in and took over uh, God's people and invaded, and it began this 70-year period of captivity over them. And, and Daniel um, was one of many Hebrew boys that got brought in uh, to Babylon and now, um, now being uh, taught Babylonian culture and uh, trying to get them indoctrinated in, in, in Babylonian culture. And, uh, and we've kind of seen where, where Daniel's like, no, no, not today. <laughs> not, not today, Satan, right? I'm, I'm not doing that. Uh, this is not who I am. This is not who I was. Uh, this is not, I, I serve God, and that's who I serve uh, alone. And we see moments where he's able to stand up uh, to the king, to King Nebuchadnezzar, and to some other kings uh, throughout his time. And, and we see where God honors his faithfulness. We see where God honors his faithfulness in those moments. In fact, he stands out above everybody else and, and, and actually gets promoted up in the kingdom. And, and God is able to use him uh, in those moments. So we've looked over that over the, the past several weeks. And today we're going to look at a familiar story. Many of you have heard this story uh, maybe growing up. Or, or it's, just, it's one, of those, one of those stories that you hear growing up in Sunday school. And it's about Daniel and the lion's den. And, and many of us have, like I said, have heard this story. But if you have a Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 6. Uh, go ahead and, and get there. We'll get to that in, in just a, a moment. But as you guys are turning there, anyone ever heard the term uh, goal line stand, right? Uh, we're in the middle of football season right now. Um, there weren't really any, well, there's a couple good games on yesterday. Most of it was just blowouts, like 38 to nothing, 63 to nothing. Like, bro, do you guys play anybody? You know, like it was, there were maybe three Four good games uh, yesterday. Clemson almost got knocked off. Kind of wish that would happen. If you're a Clemson fan, sorry. Uh, I always go for the underdog. Um, and so um, maybe that's why I'm a Gator fan because that, it seems to be that's just the way it has to go. But, um, but hey, but there's this term, and, and maybe you saw this some point uh, during there, or if you've just watched football in general, maybe you've seen this goal line uh, stand. It's where the two teams will line up. I think we got a picture of it uh, here. I, I got to show the Bucks a little bit of love because it's hard these days. And so, um, so I mean, they should have won that game. Anyway, I'll, I'll get off topic. Um, so, so they'll get a, right up at the goal line. We're talking maybe a yard or two right at the goal line, and, and the teams uh, face off, and uh, and the defense is going to do everything they can to stop the offense from from scoring. I mean, that's kind of their job, right, Ryan? And so they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do this goal line stand and really put everything they've got into pushing back the offense because the offense only has to just literally almost like reach in and, and usually what we see is this huge pileup that happens like right in the middle uh, of everything it's usually the running back he's he, he's either kind of sneaking in a hole or something or he's diving over the top you guys have seen that right or sometimes it's the QB do a QB sneak or, or or if you're like the Seattle Seahawks years ago in the Super Bowl they passed in that moment and then got intercepted and they lost the Super Bowl that way to the Patriots um, but uh but yeah so it's usually crazy but but the key in those moments is to keep, everybody's got to keep their, their feet going and their knees going. If that running back, like, stalls or he hesitates at all, he's going to get pounded, right? Uh, if you're an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, you've got to keep those, those feet uh, going, right? You've got to keep pushing, uh, pushing back, whether you're on offense or defense. You've got to keep 
pushing uh, back because you're facing this opposition, right? And in life, we're going to face opposition. There, there's no ifs, ands, buts about that, right? Um, we're we're going to face opposition. You're going to face it as a mom. You're going to face it as a dad. You're going to face it as a young person. You're going you're to face it as a single person. You're going to face it as a husband, a wife. You're going to face opposition as a Christian, it's just, it's inevitable. You're going to face opposition in some way, shape, or, or form. Will you have the faith to stand strong in those moments? Will you have the faith to stand strong in those moments where you're facing opposition, where something is pushing back up against you? You're going to have the faith to stand strong in those moments, no matter what you may face. Why, well, I, I hope you will, and I hope you're, you're working on that and building yourself up to that. And, and we see a moment where Daniel um, has that kind of faith. In Daniel chapter 6, to kind of catch you up what's going on, um, we have King Darius is the king now, um, and I kind of want to sing the VeggieTales song. Uh, any VeggieTale parents back, you know, you, you probably, I am King Darius, that is my name. Um, and, and so we have King Darius here, uh, is the third king that Daniel has served under now. Daniel's 80 years old now. I, I, we all like to picture Daniel as the young man, the ruddy young man that's ready to, to do anything, but, but he's 80 years old uh, at this point now. Um, he served under three kings, um, and King Darius is known as this administrative genius, right? Uh, he's, he's one of these leaders. He's super organized, and, and, and he, he's, he came in, and he really tried to organize the kingdom. So what he does is he set up 120 satraps. These are like kingdom protectors, okay? These are officials that are like kingdom uh, protectors, and, and he sets up 120 of them. And then he puts three administrators over all of those um, people there to help prevent rebellion, um, taxes and, and national finance matters, they're, they're looking over, they're trying to balance the national budget. What is that, right? Like, uh, wh what does that mean um, exactly? But, but so, so, so you have this kind of setup that King Darius has come in with. And so in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, we see that play out. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day, for our time together, for our time to grow together, for our time to, to seek after you, God. And, 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 and God, I just pray that you would move in such a, a mighty way today, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, not by anything that, that I say or do or anything else that's been said, but by your power, Lord, may lives be touched and changed today. God, may some people rise up full of faith, God, ready to stand strong no matter what may come their way. In Jesus' name, amen. Daniel, all through his life, has stood out. We've seen this time and time again where Daniel has stood out. We saw the first week where we looked at Daniel chapter 1 where they brought these Hebrew boys in to indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture, and, 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 um, and, and they changed their names, right? And, and they did all these things, and they made them eat food um, that was dedicated to uh, the pagan gods that they served. And that was where we see him first stand up and stand out saying, no, no, we're, we're not going to eat that food. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm, I'm going to stand up for, for what I believe. And we see him, that's the first time that he stands out and and, and we see God move in that situation. There's other moments that he, they have 
stood out. There's the, the situation where they were supposed to bow down at the idol, and, 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 and they don't. And so the, the boys get thrown into the fiery furnace. Many of us know that, that story. Well, there's multiple times where, where he has just stood out above everybody else. Last week, we looked how he interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, nobody else could, or at least nobody else would, uh, for obvious reasons, because they didn't want to die. But, uh, but, but Daniel was the one that was able to do it. He was the one that was able to stand up to the king and tell him, listen, this dream is about you. You're about, to, you're about to get messed up here, and things are about to end for you. But if you'll turn, if you'll turn from your ways and turn to God. He had the guts to stand up to the king and tell him the truth and do what's right. So th- all throughout Daniel's life, he has stood up. He has stood up for God. He's been faithful to God. God has been faithful uh, to him. And so what we have here is a moment where he has now stood out uh, amongst all these other officials, he's being promoted, and now the other guys are getting jealous. Anybody ever seen that play out in your life before? Yeah, yeah. Nothing's new under the sun, is it? It's just been going on forever. And so these guys are these guys get jealous, right? And, and so they they plot to take Daniel down. They plot to, to take him down. And so we see him in this story. We see him in this moment through supernatural faith. Like this isn't Daniel. This is totally his reliance on God. Be able to stand up in this moment, a a faith that has been developed over time, 80 years now. Daniel has been faithful to God, 80 years of a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, 80 years of Daniel seeking after God. And that's only how you get that kind of faith, where you're able to, to stand in a moment like this. 80 years of daily decisions to serve God and live for Him. Maybe, maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you know some people that have that kind of faith. You know, man, I know if I need prayer, I can go to them. I know I, will, I can go to them for prayer, and they're going to pray down heaven right there. And that. They're going to pray down fire. Anybody know that? Maybe it was your grandma or your mom or, or maybe it was sister so-and-so in the church growing up. Like, uh, hopefully it's some of you in this room today. You, you know, like, I know I can go to that person because they're going to pray and they're going to believe and God is going to move. Maybe you, you know that person that... Um, when they pray, God just does move and, and, and miracles happen and people are healed. And you know those people that, that are like that. You know people that can have the kind of faith to say, hey, it is well with my soul. No matter what's going on around them, they can have that kind of faith. Many of you know them. That kind of faith, that kind of lifestyle, that kind, those kind of prayers and those kind of prayer, prayer warriors, they didn't just wake up one day and those things happened. It was a lifestyle of prayer. It was a lifestyle of seeking God. It was a lifestyle of serving God day in and day out, no matter what happened in their life. And that's where we see Daniel at in this. That's how he's been promoted all these years. It wasn't that he had a great work ethic. It wasn't that he was just talented. It was because he was faithful to God. Anybody want to be faithful to God? Anybody want to stand like Daniel did? I hope you do. Uh, this morning. So I want to give you some truths today. I want to give you three truths to help you stand strong. Anybody want to stand strong? Right? When, when life's kind of hitting you and maybe it's doing that today, you want to be able to stand strong. Anybody want to stand strong in your faith when the world says that this is just a made up bunch of uh, bull hockey or whatever and, and you want to stand firm and say, no, there is one true God. He is the one God. He created all things. Come on, somebody. Um, anybody want to stand strong in the world today? Anybody want to stand strong as a godly parent that's going to say, hey, you know what? My kids aren't going to play these kind of video games in my house. That don't happen because we serve God and I want to protect them. And anybody in the room today? want to stand strong come on even when you don't feel like it even when you feel like i I can't stand anymore see it's not going to be you it's going to be god that's going to lift you up even when it seems impossible even when the odds are stacked against 
It's not going to be your strength. It's not going to be your abilities. It's not going to be your talents. It's going to be God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So three truths to help you stand strong. Number one, when God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. Just go ahead and get that in your mind. Go write it down somewhere. You got a thing on the back of your worship guide. It's got sermon notes, just in case you didn't know that. That's what that's there for. Write that down. Okay? When God raises you up, expect people to tear you down. So what's going to happen? You're, you're going to get excited about your faith. Man, God's moving in your life. Like Some things are happening. You're growing in Him. You're not who you used to be. Maybe you're not where you want to be yet, but you're, 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 you're in stride. You're, you're working on it. You're, you're moving forward, and, 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 and things are going. Maybe God has done a miracle in your life, so you're pumped. You're excited. Yes, amen, hallelujah, come on. And, and, and you're ready to go. Um, and God is doing something. Maybe, maybe you've been promoted on your job. You got that raise, you got that, that promotion, and, 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 and maybe you find yourself like Daniel. You're, you're, you're above um, others at your job. Maybe you're in, in a ministry of some sort here at TLC, and, and your ministry's growing. God is doing some really cool things. And, 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 and it's easy to find yourself in those places and have people try to tear you down. Or they see you're getting promoted, or they, they, and they, jealousy rises up, or, or they, they see you're excited, and like, ah, you know, is it really faith? It's doing, maybe it's, it's, just, it's just circumstances. It's just, it's just coincidence that you don't have pancreatic cancer anymore, Ted. It's just a coincidence, right? Yeah. Yeah, people, people say that. They'll try to uh, burst your bubble. They'll try to kind of tear you down and bring you down. Many times it's close people to us, family, unfortunately friends, even church folks sometimes. L- listen, church, hey, we, we can't do that, okay? You know what I'm saying? We, we, we're, we're called to build each other up. And, 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 and encourage one another, spur one another on to righteousness. We, we can't do that, okay? In the church or outside the church, for that matter. And we'll just move on from there. But maybe God calls you to stand up in some other ways. Maybe it's not like something super spiritual, but, but God has called you to do some other things. Maybe he's called you to homeschool your kids. Because that's what works for you and your family, and that's what you feel like God is calling you. So, so maybe you want to homeschool your kids. Maybe you feel like you want to downsize, and we're, we're going to sell off some stuff, or maybe we're just going to, we're going to sell our house and move into something smaller so that we can be a blessing to other people. And maybe God is calling you to do that. Maybe God is calling you to speak out against an injustice. Speak out against this thing or, or that thing that's going on, and he's calling you to stand up and speak. Maybe he's calling you to stand up for godly things in a culture that seems to have turned its eyes on those. God may try and, maybe trying to raise you up and others may want to try to tear you down. So they'll do things like, hey, you're just being religious, right? You're, you're just, you know, you're, you're trying to get ahead here, and, 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 and I get it, but you just kind of come off like holier than thou, right? Like, you're, you're just being really prideful, right? Quit, quit shouting, quit boasting about it on your Facebook page, and, and, and we just, we don't want to hear about it. You know, people will do that. People will do that. In, uh, in Australia and in the UK, there's this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. Google it, look it up. It's very interesting. But if a tall poppy grows tall, they, they cut them down, right? Obviously, kind of kind of obvious thing there. But in certain cultures, it's countercultural to stand up and, and, and rise up above everybody else. It's countercultural. So what people will do is they, uh-uh. You're, I'm not getting a raise. You're not getting a raise. You're not getting the promotion. I'm not getting the promotion. You're not, nobody's getting the promotion, right? So, so you're, we're, we're all going to be on it even. And it's weird. Like, we don't know that here in America necessarily, but... But in fact, here in the U.S., they, they call it something called crab syndrome. Because if you ever put crabs in a bucket, a bunch of them, 
There's always going to be like one brave crab that's going to try to climb out. But all the other crabs will grab it, you know, with little pinchers. I can't do that very well. I can't even do the Vulcan thing very well. But, but they'll, try, they'll grab the crab and, and they'll pull it down. Hey, if we're not free, nobody's free. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so we find, especially in our culture, we, we can, there's this competition mentality. Everybody's trying to get ahead. Everybody's, and, and people will crawl on the backs of others to get ahead, won't they? And they'll do the wrong. And, and so they'll do that to us if we're not careful. So, so here in Daniel's situation, we see where Daniel has risen above these other officials, these other politicians, so to speak. And so what do they do? They, they try to find dirt on him. We don't, we don't know about that, do we? We've never seen anything like that. Or politicians try to find dirt on somebody else. We don't, we don't see that today, right? No, so, so they're trying to get some dirt on him so they can run a campaign ad on TV, like a hundred of them, over and over. It's coming, y'all. It's, we're really close. Get ready. So they're going to try to find dirt on him, maybe even try to impeach him. I don't know, right? Facebook, our live stream is going to get shut down and watched. So they're trying to find stuff on him so they can get him in trouble because he's risen above them. They're jealous. They, they, they want, they're plotting against him here in this. But Daniel's squeaky clean. They can't find anything to bring up against him. Any, there, there's nothing. That, but then they thought, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what if we do something against his God? Because that's going to be the only thing that's going to shake this guy. If we do something against the law of his God. So what he'll do is he, he's either going to go against his God and go against what he believes, or he's going to go against the king. So either way, that's going to mess him up, right? Right. So, so what we see play out now, if we continue to read in Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 through 5, it says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negative. See, integrity is still a thing. Okay? It's, it's okay to do the right thing, even when nobody else is. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. But, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Dan Daniel was faithful to God all these years. 80 years he's been faithful to God. Daniel's been uh, praying and, and fasting. There's even a fast named after him. Like, you know, like, like Dan, Dan, Dan's the man. So, so nothing should, nothing bad should happen to him, Joe. Like, right? But there's this false idea that, hey, if you follow God and you're serving him and you're tithing and you're doing all the right things, that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. And then this is false idea. Because here's the thing. You've got a very real enemy that's against you. We don't wrestle with, with flesh and blood, but with principalities and power. The devil is against you. He has a scheme against you. He has an agenda against you. He doesn't want you to succeed. He doesn't want you full of faith. He doesn't want you in church with your family. So we got to be able to stand. And oftentimes, the devil, the enemy of our soul, he's going to use people to carry out his plan. So at times, you are going to face opposition. You're going to face it through people, even Christians sometimes. You're going to face, are you going to be able to stand in those moments? And let me just throw this out here to you. It's going to be kind of strong, so just take it. I'll just sit back and sip my tea and you take it. But if you're not ready to face opposition because of obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. And I know that's tough, but that's, that's, that's the truth. If you're not ready to face that because it's going to happen, if you're not ready to face that, then, then you're not ready for God to use you. So what happens? The other two administrators 
They come out. All right, let's do this. Let's go to the king. We're going to plot. We're going to come up with this scheme. We're going to come up with this plan. We're going to present it to the king in, in, in such a way that he's going to accept and he's going to carry it out. So they go, they go up to King Darius, and they, they really butter him up. King Darius, my lord, will you live forever? King, you're looking mighty buff today. Your royal silky robe is fitting nice and tightly. You've been, have you been working out? Oh, I'm, I'm really liking those Jordan sandals you got on there. Yes, those are awesome. Can I kiss your ring, sire? Your eyes are number one. Your muscles are number one. You are number one. If you watched Nacho Libre, you'd understand that, but many of you haven't probably. So they're really buttering up and, 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 and trying to get him on their good side, right? And they, they convince him to do this. They convince him to issue a law. That if anyone prays to any god but the king for the next 30 days, then they'll be thrown into the lion's den. And the king agrees, and it gets passed. They have a business meeting, and all, all that agrees that I opposed, same sign. There was no anybody opposed, and, and, and they went on and hit the gavel, and, uh, and this law got issued. And agreed. So, so what's Daniel to do in this moment, right? Many of us would be like, hey, I ain't finna go in the lion's den. I'm not, I don't even like cats. Much less, I'm not going to go into the lion's den because that's just, I don't want to die. I kind of like life. I want to live. Life's pretty good. So what's Daniel do? He, he really only has a few options here. He could, he could stop praying. He could be like, you know, I'm, I'm 80. I'm getting, it's, it's about time to retire, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little old for this. I've had a good run. Like, I've had some good stuff's happened, Olivia, in my life. Like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, okay? And in fact, I'm, with my set of skills, right, I'm better off alive, you know? I'm better off alive. I'm better off serving the king alive, right? So he, he has that option. He could, he could stop praying. He could cave. He could cave into the pressure and, and stop praying. He could maybe pray silently, like, when no one's looking, or I had a buddy in youth group growing up. He would, he would put his head down in the seat in front of him. And every now and then he would lift his hand up. But he was really sleeping. But he would tell people he's praying. Yeah. Nobody knew. We, we knew he wasn't praying. Anyway. But yeah, yeah. Daniel, you, 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 what are, you, are you praying? I'm just, just resting my eyes. Just, just getting a little power nap. I'm good. He's just praying in his head, you know. He, he could pray silently when no one could see it. Or the option that he chooses is he just keeps praying and he risks that. See, see Daniel doesn't know how this is going to play out. All that he knows is that God has been faithful to him. He's going to remain faithful to him. And he's just going to go with it. And he keeps praying and even risks death. How does he have such faith? How does he, how is he able to stand in a moment like this? How is he able to, to stand strong? It's because of what he's about to do. Look in um, Daniel 6.10. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down where? Come on, you better say it loud. Three times a day he got down where? And what did he do, church? Oh, my goodness. That's so profound, isn't it? That's, that's just mind-blowing to us, isn't it? He got down on his knees three times a day, and he prayed. Listen, kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. 
If you want to be able to stand in these kind of moments in your life, you better be on your knees praying. You better be seeking after God. And, and I'm not talking about he, he prayed three times a day because he ate three times a day. Right? I, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, meat's good, meat's tough. Lord, I hope we have meat enough, you know. I'm talking like he prayed. He, pray, he had a prayer room. He had a prayer closet. He had a place where he met with God, and he sought the face of God in prayer. Kneeling to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Why? Because that's what he had always done. Prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. What do we do oftentimes in crazy moments in our life? We freak out, don't we? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I need to shift some money around in my bank account. I need to do that. We need to take out a loan. We need to, we need to do this. We need to sell the car. We need to sell all our stuff because things are just uh, going crazy. What, what do we do? Oh my gosh, I lost the job. What, what, I, I need to go out. I need to go. And, and, crazy, and it's just human nature. It's just what we do. But when things happen like that, our first response to problems should never be panic, but always prayer. That should be our first response. To seek after God. I know, I know, because we get frantic and the problem is so big in front of us, and so so we don't even think about that. We just we, we go crazy. But don't panic. Pray. How many times do we try to make things happen and do everything in our own strength and in our own power? And when those things don't work out, how many of we we, we do this? Well, all we can do now is pray. We should have been doing that all along. All we can do now is, is pray. I've tried everything else. That should be our first response. And what a great response. What a great thing that we get to do. Come on, the God of the universe, the God that created all things, wants to hear from you. He does hear you when you call his name. He loves you. He wants you to trust in him. He want, y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. God loves you and wants you to pray to him. That's amazing. What, why is that our last response, our last have you cultivated a lifestyle of prayer? Is that, is that your go-to? Is that, have you cultivated that in, in your life to where that's just, you don't even think about it. It's like, we, we got to pray. There was a couple months ago, um, Billy was out here doing some yard work, and he got on I don't know, it was a hornet's nest or yellow jackets or something, and he comes rushing into the office, and he's like, Pastor! He was in rough shape, man. I, I said, Millie, y'all got to come in here. I got stung up on my head. And it's pounding. I'm hurt. Y'all got to pray. He didn't ask for aspirin. He didn't ask for anything to rub on it. Like, he said, y'all got to pray. Y'all got to pray. How, how many times do we do that in our lives? That should be our first response. Our go-to cultivating a lifestyle of Daniel's years of 80 years of dedication to God. He prayed three times a day. Sometimes we only pray once a week in church and we let someone else do that for us. Cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. Here's the thing, man. If your relationship with God is loosey-goosey and just whenever you can get around to it, then I'm going to be honest with you, like, you don't really have a relationship with God. If it's just kind of whenever you get around it haphazardly, you don't really have a relationship with Him. Daniel. He pre-decided, this is what I'm going to do in my life. When hard times come, I'm going to get on my knees and pray. When things happen around me, I'm going to get on my knees. When good times come, I'm going to be on my knees in prayer. No matter what happens, I'm going to pray 
and seek God and give Him my life and serve Him. He had pre-decided that already. And you, you, you got to believe that the enemy has a strategy against you. you got to take it a little more seriously. You, you better believe that, that, that you might have to rework your schedule and maybe get up early a little bit and prioritize prayer and time spent with God. There, there's something about kneeling humbly before God. Now, do you have to kneel to pray? No, you can pray. This is more of a, um, what's the word? Metaphor. You know, you're, you're, it's not just about kneeling. It's about being humble before God. It's about saying, you know what? I can't do this on my own, so I've got to give God my It's about surrendering your life to God. It's not about necessarily a physical position of kneeling, but just giving your life to God every single day. How did Daniel stand? He stood strong before men because he knelt before God. So when life gives you more than you can handle, you got to stand in prayer and in faith. When they throw out that cancer word, pray, seek God. When, when your finances are all crazy, pray, seek God. When family, uh, there, there's drama going on in your life and in your family, you better pray and seek God. When things happen and you need to decide to pray for God so that you can stand in those moments. You pray, and then you do what God asks you to do. There's going to be some moments in your life that you need to make a decision. You're going to come to a fork in the road, and because you've prayed and because you've sought after Him, because you're sensitive to His Holy Spirit, you're going to have to make a decision and listen to His voice. So if your kid's sports team, they're, they're playing a tournament on Sunday, you're going to have to make a decision. Is sports more important or is God more important? Oh, they got practice on Wednesday, Pastor. I can't be at church on Wednesday. Can't, can't get my kids to youth. What's more important? Maybe you, you end up getting a promotion opportunity or there's a business deal you're about to take, but it lacks integrity. Are you going to still go through with that deal? Young person, maybe you have to break up with a, a boyfriend or, or a girlfriend because they're pushing you to do things that you're not supposed to be doing. That's not best for you, that God doesn't want for your life. Well, well Pastor, uh, I, I want my boy to go play college ball somewhere. He's flipping nine years old. Who's worrying about college right now? You know what I'm saying? We had our son at a baseball game. Now he's playing baseball, and, and they're playing, and, and, and the, the rule is they go four innings or an hour and 45 minutes. They went four innings. They had 10 minutes left on the time limit, but they went their four innings. The other team wanted to keep playing. We were winning. We were winning eight to five. The other team's like, hey, we got 10 minutes. You want to play? And our guys are like, no. No. And oh, you should have seen the parents. It was, yeah, I'd never seen anything. Well, and they're getting all uppity. Y'all know those baseball moms, you know? And it's like, oh, that's how they're going to get their W. Oh, okay. You know? And, and, and you know what? And you know what? And, and the boys are running around out in the field. I said, these kids don't give a care. They don't, they're just out here having and they're seven and eight years old. Who cares? What's more important? Pastor, what if I don't get this promotion? I could really use a raise right now. Is God your provider or not? Right? Trust him. Trust him, Pastor. I just want a boyfriend so bad. And if, if, if I don't do things, then I'm not going to. You know, if you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, young people, that's not the biggest deal in the world. In fact, that's going to be a lot less drama in your life right now at your age. I'm just saying. You can take my word for it or not. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. So what's Daniel to do in this moment? 
What, what if you say, man, well, what if the lions eat me? What, what, what if this is it? I'm done. Like, I'm dead. What, what if you said that? But he doesn't. See, Daniel didn't know how this was going to play out, and he was willing to trust God no matter what. There's no guarantee that nothing bad is going to happen to us. There's no guarantee about that. This is, this is not a Disney movie. Okay? It's not a musical. We're not going around singing songs all the time. It's not a Hallmark movie. Okay? There's no guarantee that bad things will ever happen. I don't, I don't know why God allows some things and, and, and then doesn't. I, I can't answer that this side of eternity. I know he is sovereign. I know he is just. I know he is good no matter what. That's what I know. And all I can promise you today is that when you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. When you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. So I, so I know we know how this story ends. We know Daniel. If you've heard, many of us have heard this, so you know Daniel goes in, God rescues him, it does a miracle. There's an angel that comes in, they shut the mouths of the lion. We know how this story ends, but, but not all stories in that way, do they? See, all Daniel knew is that 80 years, he had been faithful, and God had been faithful to him. If he saves me now, I'll trust him. If he doesn't, I will trust him. And, and it's interesting, we see the king kind of go through this really weird mourning period. They, they, they put Daniel in the, in the lion's den, and it says King Darius didn't sleep that night. He didn't eat anything. He didn't party. They didn't have any entertainment, the Bible says. He didn't party. He didn't do, he, he was just, he was depressed is what it sounded like. And, and he just stayed up all night worrying about what was going to happen to Daniel. And so first thing in the morning, sun comes up, he's down there at the lion's den, King Darius peeks in, they, they, they roll the stone away, and they peek in and say, Daniel, did your God rescue you? In verse 22, Daniel says, my God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. Man, Daniel was in there, like, laying on them. Oh, good cuties, you know. He's, just, he's petting them, they're purring, you know. He's playing, got a rock playing fetch with him or something like that. He was hanging out with him. God came in and rescued him. He said, they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed. See, the king loved Daniel. He trusted Daniel. He was Daniel's right-hand man. Daniel was the man. And, and he knew in his heart of hearts that this was wrong. And so the, the king was overjoyed, gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. So now the king is like, all right, where's these other guys at? Where's these knuckleheads at? Get in, get in here. You know, he throws them in the lion's den. The other two officials, he throws them in, in the lion's den, and, and immediately they are destroyed. What a story, right? It's in the Bible. Y'all try to turn on TV later today watch a good movie. You got it right here in the Bible. And then it, this is awesome. This is how this story ends. Not only does, does, does Daniel get a miracle happen in his life, not only is, is he seeing a victory happen, but look at what happens now. The king issues a decree that everyone in the kingdom should now fear the God of Daniel. This is, this is a, a, a culture and a kingdom that doesn't believe in God. They believe in multiple gods. They believe in pagan gods. And now he's saying, now God is getting glory. Come on. God is not just going to come through for you and give you victory, but that victory is going to testify to his goodness. That victory is going to proclaim his goodness to the people around you. You can't deny what you've gone. You can't deny, Ted, that you don't have pancreatic cancer anymore when they gave you, what, months to live. You can't, you can't deny that. And many of you have been, Jonathan Bendorf, you were, you were in a hospital bed a few years ago. 
motorcycle accident. Not looking good. You're walking around here just fine. I know you got a little, little, just a little step, but, but you're here. Many of you, you've got stories, you've got testimonies. You've been, you should have been taken out years ago, but you are right here, right now, serving God in church, lifting up the name of Jesus. And that is not just a victory for you. That's going to be a victory for the world to see around you. When they throw out that word cancer, it's a big deal. Yes, but my God is bigger. When your marriage looks like it's over, my God is greater. When you lose your job and you don't know what to do, God will come through. When you are hurting or you are confused, come on, God can come into your life and change you. Come on, somebody. Will you stand with me this morning, worship team? You guys can come on up. God can do a miracle in your life just like he did in Daniel's life if we would just stand strong in our faith if we will stand strong because we've knelt in prayer over and over again we've given our lives to God and we've sought after him it's a lifestyle lifestyle of giving our life and surrendering to God years ago on Monday night football one of the announcers observed uh, Walter Payton um, some of y'all are really really young and don't know who that is but Walter Payton was a great running back for the Chicago Bears the Bears and, uh, and had accumulated more than nine miles in career rushing yards. It's a phenomenal feat. The other announcer that was there, uh, he, he noted, hey, yeah, and that was with someone knocking him down every four and a half yards. He got that yardage after being knocked down every four and a half yards. See, see he didn't just go on these full-on sprints in the open field and just take off and run these huge 40, 50-yard runs. These, these, were, these were small victories one at a time. His average carry of the football was less than five yards. His brilliance wasn't in those long sprints, but it was, it was in his ability to keep getting up time and time again after being tackled and to keep running again and again and again. Can I encourage someone this morning with Psalm 31, 24? Be strong and courageous, all of you who put your hope in the government. All of you who put your hope in your spouse. All of you who put your hope in your paycheck, in your career, in your abilities, in your talents, it, it says be strong and courageous, all of you who put your hope in the Lord. So when we face things, it's easy to give up. It's easy to go, it's easy to give in, but it's in those moments where God will stand ready to help you in your time of need. It's in those moments that God will be willing to forgive you if you surrender Him. It's in those moments when you've been hit hard and, and you keep getting hit and, 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 and you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to keep getting up. I'm going to keep trusting Him. I'm going to keep praying through this that no matter what happens, I'm still going to stand firm in my faith for Him. And, 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 and you might need to get up and take a breath, but take that breath in prayer. Take that breath in prayer and seeking after Him. Do it in prayer. Get up and choose to move forward. Press on, even if it's just one step at a time. Even if you're grieving a loss, grieve it in prayer. If you need the Lord to heal you in your heart, do it in prayer. Don't give up. Don't decide, hey, this just isn't worth it because your breakthrough might just be around the corner. Don't give up because you think it's not worth it because you are worth it. You were worth dying for. Jesus died for you so that you could stand. He laid his life down so that you could stand in this life. Come on, will you bow your heads all across this room? 
Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.